You are listening to Corellian Run Radio, your route through hyperspace to the latest news on Star Wars The Old Republic. Hi, and welcome to Corellian Run Radio. This is episode 30, and we are recording Monday night, August 8th. I am Kathy, and with me are, are the usual crew, crew, Carla. Hello, everyone. And Roxanne. Welcome back, Roxanne. <laughs> hey, guys. We missed you. You missed the last uh, couple of uh, recordings, I think. So I, know, so I think it's... it's been like more than a month or perhaps two months. I don't even remember like who we are or what game we're talking <laughs> what, about. What game is this? Me, me either. You were actually on the Moss Eisley radio podcast. That was probably the most recent thing you did with us. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. that almost doesn't count, but that was fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, the reason that I have been kind of uh way out of out of uh, sync with what's going on in tour is just because um i've been playing for this musical theater youth company that we that i do every summer and we just had our opening weekend and went great um and but i it's just been kind of insane with me and, and thank you carla because you've just really been holding down the fort along as long as well as the rest of the staff like mark and jason and chris and noah and poison taco who have just been you know putting stuff out even though I've kind of been absent so I apologize to everyone on the podcast and on our crew and and uh and I hope things will get better soon <laughs> but uh so Carla what have you been doing don't really know it seems like a blur to me I mean I have been trying to coordinate all the stuff that I think I'm going to try to bring for PAX in a few weeks, started making my list and trying to gather up equipment that I'm going to bring and trying to get it all in one place because I know it's it's still three weeks away, but it's like, I know I'm going to forget something if I don't make my list and check it off, you know? So <laughs> I well, really haven't you. been doing much of anything. I don't know if we've talked. I, I, the only movie I've seen is I went and I saw Captain America. And yeah. I thought that was just an awesome movie. I, it was not one I was wanting to go see. I was wanting to go see Cowboys and Aliens. And oh. the timing wasn't right for the movie because I was just trying to kill a little bit of time before an mm -hmm. appointment. And so I ended up going to see Captain America. I'm so glad I did. I, I saw that. It was I, I thought good. it was pretty good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I did too. It too. Yeah, I, Captain America is actually, it's a better movie than Cowboys and Aliens, which I also saw. <laughs> I like, but you, actually, but you also enjoyed it. I you? also, yeah, I liked <laughs> Cowboys and Aliens. My, the thing that I keep telling everybody about it is that after seeing it, I just like thought, oh my God, I, what I really want is for them to take this exact same cast and just do a normal Western. Because <laughs> that was the funnest part, like seeing Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford being awesome cowboys and just like running around and shooting stuff. And the aliens part was like probably the weakest part of the film. You're oh, like, that's... oh look, it's Olivia Wilde playing the same character she plays like in every movie now. And like, it just doesn't really mesh and it's kind of confusing just because like, um, I don't know. It, you know, the the movie kind of seems like an internet meme joke, but then the actual movie is all dramatic, and it it's there's kind of like a little bit of a disconnect. But 
it was really fun and I kind of wish it was three hours longer just because I really like what? westerns <laughs> I don't care that the plot doesn't make sense I just want to see Daniel Craig being a cowboy some more the trailer looked fun <laughs> I was it disappointed did. when when it didn't get good reviews um now Roxanne you came uh to Virginia to see the show right uh so that was that was really fun thanks for doing that and uh, didn't you have a conversation with some of the little boys that, that came <laughs> our neighbor boys that came yeah well they were in line behind us and um their dad was explaining to them about because i think they overheard someone saying there's like well on to actors you say uh break a leg instead of good luck because it's actually bad luck to say good luck and the little uh little boy he was like or you could say may the force be with you (laughs) 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 oh my god i like turned full around to like look awesome it proves that star wars is still like going strong with like these tiny tiny kids yeah these are like little eight-year-old boys i thought oh the next generation of star wars (laughs) they're probably a little too or too young to be introducing to tour but (laughs) still i really enjoyed hearing that (laughs) okay well let's move on i think it's time for our host challenge fact you know it to be true I'm going to read three bits of information or three leads about the game. Two of them will be made up or not yet confirmed, and only one will be a fact confirmed by Bioware. Your job is to pick out which one is true. Okay, ladies, here's lead number one. Quizen Fess, the Trandoshan companion of the Jedi Counselor, is a somewhat skilled hunter, a mid-level tracker, and seeks prey that is semi-dangerous but never life-threatening. Lead number two. In a dev tracker post, Georg Zoller mentioned the smuggler using a group stealth ability. Lead number three. While lightsaber colors may vary due to the use of different colored crystals, blaster fire will always be the same color. Oh, I know this one. <laughs> so after hearing all three leads, which one do you think is the confirmed fact? It's number Somebody say lead number two. one. I like. I just want to talk about lead number one for a second. <laughs> it's hilarious because I know we were having the conversation about how all the codex entries are always just written with like hyperbole. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really hilarious just to hear me like, yeah, he's an okay tracker. No, it's always like, here's the greatest tracker in all the galaxies and he only hunts the most dangerous of prey. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, dude, this can't all be true. <laughs> so I guess it's not lead number one. Carla, you have the right answer. It's number two because I was pumped when I'm psyched when I heard that you know, smugglers were going to get group stealth. But not only that, there was a reply to that post that said, also the Imperial agents do. Right. So that's very, that's very neat. And I think, didn't you see that, uh, or the the Imperial agent tidbit on Google Plus, right? I did. And then I actually found it on that same dev tracker, but a couple of pages later, he answered it. Georg answered this, the question also there. So. Okay. The idea of a group stealth, just the first thing I thought of was in, you know, the first couple Harry Potter books when they're all small enough to fit under the invisibility cloak. 
And I always think, like, that must look really stupid because there are all these kids, like, running around under one cloak. And now that's what I believe that the group stealth for the smuggler is. <laughs> Guys, come here. No, I'm serious. Come here. <laughs> Your foot is sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Lord. <laughs> That'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure how that's going to look in practice, but but I like the idea. I think that's something we haven't really seen before, or at, well, at least I haven't. Um, okay, well, very good. We have uh, defeated once again the factor fiction challenge. Let's get to the latest news in tour. From the Newsnet. And beyond. Okay, we'll start off with July 29th Friday update, and that was that awesome walkthrough done by Dallas Dickinson of the SLS. And I was very excited to hear that you'll that's one of your very beginning flash plan at like level eight or nine. And right. I, what did you guys think of that? I mean, I just thought the whole thing, the way they presented it was just incredible. I cannot wait. Yeah, you know, I really think that this is probably the best um, video that they've done on a Flashpoint. Because I really felt that you almost felt like it was a complete story. I hope there's more to it because I would be sad if I now yeah. I know the whole Flashpoint. <laughs> but, it, but it felt... You know, it had the beginning and a middle and, and, and the kind of end. So you really, you know, you really kind of got you sucked into the story, which, of course, they're always trying to say is so important. Um, and I also liked the way they um, they would switch viewpoints. I think for the most part, we usually saw it maybe from like the early gameplay videos we saw it would always be like, you know, the the you know the jedi counselor you know then that, that's the person you see and you never get the the switch in the viewpoint and um and also the way dallas dickinson actually i mean he pretty much gave a blow-by-blow -blow account of what was going on and you know the strategies they're using against it and i i thought it was really effective in you know in showing a player especially people who are going to be new to mmos you know what it, what it means to work as a team and to work together to defeat a challenge yeah, I like how they switched viewpoints to like after after like narrative breaks, so that like a fight would happen, a thing would happen, and then when you resume like gameplay, the you would have switched to a new character. I just thought like, oh, this is really just well produced and well thought out, like mm -hmm. how to explain the entire flashpoint and all of the uh, the classes and stuff. So yeah, I liked it. Yeah, and the, the extensive use of the cutscenes, which, you know, mm -hmm. sort of made you feel like you're in a movie. I like at the end, when, <laughs> the end of one of the fights when Dallas Dickinson says something like, nice job, and then they cut to the, the you know, like the fist pumping people going away. So I'm like, oh, I wish that they had like inserted Dallas Dickinson into that scene and had him jumping up and down also. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would have gone with the, sort of his personality and these things. Uh, um, oh, I also thought it was interesting to see uh like a crowd control ability work on a boss you know that the iron fist that they use the right, somebody's the the right grenade. grenade because um you know i'm kind of 
trained in the wow thing where you know once you get to kind of any kind of boss fight those those kinds of abilities are pretty much useless they're immune um so yeah it's i like the way that they're mixing things up a little i bit. like how iron fist slow claps your party for like 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the greatest game ever <laughs> did you see um mark pager one of our staff writers his write-up of the the friday update his title was bad guys like to clap is that what it was oh okay <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was well, funny. I also thought it was funny that good guys like to be bad because this was Republic mm. people and they made that decision to suck everybody out from the engineering, their whole crew. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> you know, uh, that was, that's pretty that's pretty bad. It seemed kind of weird to see. The ambassador know. said that they didn't have time. So, like, I don't know. Do they really not have time or did she just say that? It's like, I don't feel like it. <laughs> Do you know how far away that like that wing is? It's yeah, like all those things far. that they were supposed to disable or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, we don't have time for that, you know. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is Republic talking. Uh huh. See why? You know, I ha I have a hard time, you know, thinking about Obi Wan Kenobi going. Well, sorry guys. <laughs> you know, it's been nice knowing you. Yeah, sort of like, well, you're, you're, you will be remembered forever, right? Um, but I, I loved the, you know, the, when I watched that scene, when, you know, they, when they realize what's going to happen, and then you have the, you know, the err, err, and the music swelling, and the locks opening, it's like, oh, I, I almost, it felt very, very, it, I sort of got this emotional chill from, from watching that, so that was kind of cool to see in a video game. I did too, until I saw him sucked out the... <laughs> yes that was the point um so right so i re i i thought that was that's really well done you know very... the only thing that like is a little weird and is probably going to be even weirder in a couple years is like now the animation systems that bioware is using for their to generate their cutscenes seems a little uh like anticlimactic like how they basically you only ever have like 180 on 180 conversations where you like face the person talking to you and they wander into frame. Like when I, I don't, I forget, sorry, I forget her name, but when the toy like ambassador person comes in and she like really slowly walks into frame and she's like, oh, hey, um, those people are being overrun and time is of the essence. And you're like, all right, really? Is it? Because you like, you came you were, out of nowhere. You were strolling. You just like strolled in. Yeah, you're like, hey, you guys. <laughs> like, I stopped by the snack machine, and also we have to blow these people out the airlock because there's no time anymore. Because I walked down here <laughs> too slowly. Because <laughs> yeah. I took time. <laughs> I mean, I could be making this up. I feel like in Mass Effect Two and Dragon Age Two, it's a little more dynamic, like the animation stuff they use. I get why they don't do that. It's just because I think the sheer amount of content, it it would be hard to to like hand animate everyone forever. But I, I, it is something that I noticed where I was like, oh man, this is like a little, a little more static than I'm used to for Bioware games. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have anything to compare it to, but yeah, I mean, and then yeah, that the pacing actually is important. It's probably something you'll just kind of get used to though. I mean, the, I used to be bothered by the delay in the dialogue that because right. well, everyone's checking in with their response yeah, yeah. and i thought you know you can sort of but you know i accept it now so yep. um one uh, my husband uh when he watched this one video he said and he's been following it you know because he since i've been following it essentially and he's just, he's not as interested he's only interested because i'm doing it but he said this video was probably the first one where he went 
oh, I really do want to play this game. So I, I think that's a testament to how well put together this particular video was. Yeah, I thought it was for a flashpoint. This was going to be a lot of fun. A yeah. Lot of fun. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Uh, August 5th, uh, just this past Friday, we had a Comic-Con highlights video. And, and it's the usual, you know, go in there and talk to the fans and have the fans say cool things about the, uh, about their experience playing the game. So that was fun to see. I, the one thing I've decided that they can never go wrong if they start every video with the Star Wars music. <laughs> I mean, that just started like, whoa, and I was totally pumped now <laughs> after only about you know, like three seconds of music. Well, the um, highlight for me was being jealous because everybody in that room got a pre-order code. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that is the one thing that I thought. It's like there at some point, you know, this this the Comic-Con highlights video seemed to change from a highlights video to a pre-order commercial. Yeah. <laughs> that like that. And then it even ends with the... It was after, because after, like, everyone here is getting a pre-order, and then, like, the next three quotes are like, yeah, I pre-ordered mine, I pre-ordered mine, you should pre-order yours right now. Like, <laughs> click on this link. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would seem like, oh, well, that seems a little. <laughs> but I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> so, there's oh. a good energy and there's people in costumes and stuff. Yeah. Yay. That's fun. Yeah, but that was that was kind of cool too. Because I went back and I looked at all those pictures that from Comic Con and man, mm -hmm. people amaze me at how well they can dress up. That's amazing. But anyway. Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah, Carla, this will, will, will PAX be your first game convention? Oh my gosh, yes. And I'm nervous. So you're and nervous. it's still three weeks away. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to be, that is really fun to walk around and watch all that. We'll have to make sure we take lots of pictures. Yeah, be going, oh, look, oh, look. <laughs> <laughs> like a little kid. Oh, look. Oh, well, anyway, that leads us also to the Jedi Consular update, which we got this super duper class trailer. I was Finally. totally blown away by my preconceived notions of a Jedi Consular. I always thought, okay, they're going to do the video and they're going to have this chick come out being in the mm -hmm. you know, Consular because, you know, to me, I kind of associate them mentally with like a priest, but better and, you know, I don't know. I just saw them more of a, you know, a reverend type you know, female well, character. And then I, I see this big burly guy come out with broad yeah, shoulders and I yeah, was like, two things. The, the wow. first thing you said the first thing you said about it being a man that was like the first thing i that i had it's like i like this because you know all along you usually see it's a woman and she's wearing one of those silly hats so not only is this person not wearing a hat it's a man and yeah he's not this sort of thin willowy you know ethereal guy it was like really like this this big big beefy guy with this deep booming voice uh, which is kind of did you notice how it kind of like echoed that's like oh now if you're, mm -hmm. you know it was like you know like you're an announcer in a huge sports arena that's how you're gonna sound all the time um but uh but yeah so i i, I think that you you hit it on the nose carla it's sort of like it it did not go with sort of what we've been in our minds maybe with our the stereotypical jedi counselor the you know the very pastoral kind of uh you know sort of 
self-effacing person. So yeah, I thought, I thought this, this guy's an action hero. I was thrilled. I was thrilled because I just think it, it, it made the consular kind of open up to all types of possibilities where people, if they were looking at it as maybe a wimpy class, oh boy, that guy was not wimpy at all. And <laughs> I think that it, you know, it makes it an even more exciting class than I already thought it was. Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember you saying, Mom, about like how halfway through that trailer segues <laughs> into like a Michael Bay trailer. <laughs> when there's there's just like particle particle effects everywhere, and they're fighting on a lava flow or something, <laughs> and the camera's spinning around them. Yeah, yeah there's explosions. my favorite part is when they're uh they're in a firefight, and one of your like allies is like weeping into his hands or something. <laughs> the or way something. you do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So I, I really, I hope that the Jedi Counselor people were happy. They finally got a, you know, a decent update and a really, you know, sort of kick-ass trailer um, that looks like, you know, the Transformers or something. And uh, I was a little disappointed. I don't think anyone got thrown off a cliff's edge, did they? Oh, yeah, I was waiting for it, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think see they, anything but I, I he get thrown off the edge. Yeah, but, but, I but love we, the ending did, where he turns around and the fire's yes. in the background. <laughs> yeah, we did have the cool guy walking away from explosions thing. Right. <laughs> so I guess you can't have both of those in the same trailer. <laughs> It'd be too cheesy. What did y'all think about that companion, that Quasim Fess? Um, well, you know, as usual, he's... The, the superlative of everything so i mean he's cool Trandoshans are cool looking uh he has one eye he has one <laughs> eye so that's kind of neat <laughs> um, and the oh roxanne you and i were wondering about this the jagannath points thing oh <laughs> what? Like, what they... i forget what did we say it was hilarious <laughs> yeah oh well we can't be hilarious twice in the room on the I same know, conversation <laughs> but it was something we we're talking about, well, why do they kill people? I don't know. It's because their god instituted a leaderboard system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, should have meant to look up the Jagannath points things. But anyway, I guess they're just like into into getting rankings like in PvP or something, but for killing stuff. Um, <laughs> so. People don't know anything about lore or fuming because we're like belittling. I know, once again. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well. So, so yes, I, I thought if I were a counselor, I would think it would be cool to have a Trandoshan companion. He looks pretty neat to me. I thought he did, too. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, and then I guess also in that was the Corvette Defender. They mentioned that, which we knew was, was their was their ride, which they share with the Jedi Knight, right? Right. Um, well, okay. Didn't, so they, I think... didn't they also say that, I mean, I, I don't know that they've said this before, that um the burialans will be able to be consulars is that why right. they were in that same article right. yes you're right i forgot about that uh did we know uh, i feel like we did know that did but we? maybe but maybe they wasn't on the uh i think they might have updated the holonet entry oh okay maybe that was it that was why it was mentioned so um yeah i'm pretty sure we heard about the mary Allens being consulars before so all right, well, moving on, um, we just wanted to quickly mention there was an article in Gama Sutra that EA Games has reorganized and they've now thrown Bioware into their own label, I guess, rather than just being part part of the EA umbrella. I don't know, is that significant? For, can you, anyone think of why that would be 
I mean, I guess it sounds made like maybe they have more independence, which could be good, but I don't know. It could just be purely structural and not have any practical impact. Well, yeah, I, w I wish I had something smart to say, but I really don't know what it means. I just like read the article this morning. Um, I'm pretty much, I'm not going to know what to think about it until James Portnow tells me. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we will reserve judgment on that bit of news for now, I guess. Okay, well, that takes us to August the, what is it, 17th through the 21st. We're going to have GamesCon in Cologne, Germany. That's just it's shortly, very soon. Very, very soon. <laughs> just a is, that, is that like the last one? or It's the last one. Is that the last one before PAX? Yes, because it actually ends on Sunday and PAX starts well, on yeah, Friday. Well, yeah, must be, right. Oh, wow. So... I, there was a lot of night, neat stuff that came out of that last year, so I'm looking forward to that. There was, I, I think there were some good panels and interviews, so we hopefully it will be more of the same. Wish I was going. I'd love to go to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I would too, but I don't know if I would hang out at like a gaming convention if well, I did. Well, that's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> All right. I guess there are other things to see in Germany also. Like Germany. <laughs> <Yes>. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Oh, we actually already mentioned group stealth. So uh, why don't we I just skip on to oh, Daniel Erickson saying that you will not have to return to the, your ship to change your companions. Carla, did you say you saw something about that also on Google Plus? I surely did. Um, where he, that's, he just made that post, um, and I was like, cool. That's I fantastic was, news. Yeah, that's I was great. really worried that every time we wanted to change out a, you know, a companion that we were going to have to run back to the ship and then run back to where we were going to do. And so Yeah, I'm, I mean, you have to do that in their single-player games, and it's obnoxious as all heck I, I wonder if you're gonna be able to do it like mid quest and things like that or did so i didn't i obviously there were didn't no, read this post no details <laughs> did he say that do you have to go to like a specific place to do it like so it's like in addition to your ship you can do it at other places like inns or he did uh, not go into detail at hmm. all and i have no clue you know so only I, he I knows you <laughs> I think you copied it because I refused to join Google Plus. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I, I think in what you showed me, didn't Daniel Erickson say, look, I was like one of those first guys that says, I don't like this system. Your companions are in your pocket. And you, so I, you know, he was for this idea that you would have to return to your ship so you could, you know, get your other companion. But, but, uh, but he has since had a change of heart and I guess probably based on people hating it. <laughs> yeah. So. He, what did yeah. He say? I mean, in Mass Effect, when you start like a loyalty mission, you're locked into those two companions until it ends. And the only way to get different ones is to like load a saved game before you started. Oh, really? So yeah. So if you like want to replay that with different people, you have to like start another game or like I said, load a save point before just to to see. Uh, yeah, it's obnoxious. I, I I get why it happens because it makes sense that they have to be on the ship and you have to get them because that's where they are currently. But, yeah, no, I'm really happy with that decision. Yeah, at the, here's just to quote what he said. He says, originally we had the companions and tour only changeable back at your ship, a la KOTOR. As the biggest original opponent of the party in your pocket, 
I'm the first to admit now how wrong I was. It's amazing how many times in an MMO environment you want to quickly change your party makeup or approach. And that's all he said. So I don't know any more than yeah. that. I mean, this is going to be a little off topic, but for anyone who has played the Final Fantasy games, I mean, my favorite party system was 10. When you could switch party members, you had access to like all 10 of them. And you could switch them every round instead of the the random <laughs> pick three, and then you can only switch on the world map. And the reason why that was good was because it for it didn't force you, but it made it so that you would actually learn to use like all of your companions because they're there. You don't like fall into this niche where you learn to work with two people really well and kind of mm -hmm. ignore everyone else. The paradigm system's a little like that too, where it's better because it's more accessible. So this is gonna be good. Yeah, I think it is important to make it more accessible, especially when there's a motorcycle or something. <laughs> right outside the door. Oh, those gangs, those New Jersey motorcycle gangs. <laughs> there was a dog in your apartment for a second. <laughs> in front of all of our listeners. <laughs> um, Right, for MMOs, because, uh, you know, this is the whole companion system is going to be new to a lot of players, I bet. And and I and I think I in probably I could see myself getting locked into this. These are my two favorite characters and and having that barrier of, of being a, a kind of a pain in the butt to switch them out would just probably exacerbate that that habit of leaning on, on you know, the same couple of characters. So I, I think I think this will be a good change for the game. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, why don't we just move on very quickly to a few dev tracker posts that we just want to quickly mention. Um, the gear Zoller says that right now there will be no gear die system in place. So for people who have been hope hoping for something like that are disappointed. He does say maybe later, so we'll see. Uh, uh, Chris Collins has been introduced as the new European community manager, uh, which is good news for our, our European fans of Tor. And I'm sure he's got his hands full as they're all clamoring to find out more about the release date or the release areas, the regions and that kind of thing. Um, and finally, David Bass talks about naming conventions and says that no decision has yet been made about whether we're going to have surnames in the game. So whether you'll have just like a one word name or be able to have first and last name um i that actually is pretty important to me because that that is the kind of thing that i would like to think about before release is what my name will be and whether i can have one or two names is actually kind of important i agree so we will have links to all of those things in our show notes which you can check out okay well let's point you to a couple of the exciting articles on our website the first one being guild checkpoints you can send in an email at corellianrun at gmail.com if you're interested in having your guilt highlighted by Jason Taylor's weekly column. So be sure and check that out. Also, there's an article there about fan fiction contest where the submission deadline is August the 14th on the official forums. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. Um, a couple other articles written by our staff writers. Noah has written an article called Those People. It's a it's a humorous look at the typical personalities you might see in your future tour guild. And Carla, I have to say that when I read it, that I, I thought that you fit into the mom very well. Emoticons <laughs> 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 and always greeting people. <laughs> yes, I'm guilty. <laughs> uh, 
And finally, Poison Taco t takes a look at what new Star Wars spinoffs that we might see in terms of like books and TV and maybe even movies after Tor's release. So head on over to our site and check those articles out. There's some nice discussions that have been started uh, from those things. And I think that's going to be a wrap for all the, the latest in Tor news. Strong am I with the Force. Or Jedi. Last time we found out that Carla and I are dog lovers and couldn't leave a cute unattended puppy all alone on the sidewalk and would have to try to find the owner. Which really is the only correct way to behave. And we also found out that Roxanne would go to the light side, even though she really wasn't here to take the test, because <laughs> that actually happened to her in real life. And that is the story of how she became a cat owner. So far, our scores stand at Carla negative 6, Kathy positive 12, and Roxanne positive 3. Remember, negative scores reflect a dark side tendency, while positive scores reflect a light side tendency. So I'm going to throw you guys off. Did I actually get positive points, even though I wasn't here? To take yeah, I did. <laughs> I gave it to you. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> My score, I was like, what? <laughs> so your score has been messed with. <laughs> In my so life my actions in life. I took the test for you. Um, all right. So this week's test was suggested by one of our listeners, Tyler. Uh, it is the test of the collector's edition. You have purchased two copies of the collector's edition pre-order for a game uh, you and your friends have been waiting for, i.e. tour. A friend mentions that he is so upset because he was unable to get himself a copy of the collector's edition before it sold out. What do you do? Number one, give it to your friend at cost. Two, put it on eBay at the starting price and let your friend know you saw one on eBay. Number three, put it on eBay with a $50 markup and don't say anything to your friend. All right, Carla, what would you do? I keep having to go light side. That's no fun. <laughs> I'm being the mom <laughs> that I am so obviously am. I would give it to a friend at what it cost me. <laughs> Aw, that, that's nice. You have chosen the light side. You know how much the collector's edition will mean to your friend, and the satisfaction of helping him is more important than making a profit. How about you, Roxanne? Um... See, this is tough because there's actually no option in which you get to keep your collector's edition, which is probably what I would do. Because I would, would keep use both? this. Oh wait, you have two. You have did two. Yeah, you're not giving up your own. You have. Why an extra did you one. have? Why did you buy two? Because you're I don't a know. weirdo ask, who likes don't to ask control me. the market. Ask Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I guess um, I wouldn't use eBay because um. I, I don't know. I never have, and it, it, it would just kind of freak me out to like start. At, but um, I would probably, I guess I would give it to my friend at cost. Um, what I would really do is I would tell my friend to calm down that there isn't even a release date for this game yet, and that they're gonna they're they're gonna make more collectors editions based on the creators that all had already happened. I was like, you know what? If you if they if you want to give them. You're like 180. I know it's not that much, but if you want to give them like you know hundreds of dollars, 
they're going to accommodate you. <laughs> like, do not worry. It's, it's, it, don't freak out. The ship hasn't sailed. You're going to be able to do that. So I would really... Is that true? Is that what happens with collector's editions? They say they're sold out, and then suddenly, surprise, we're making They're going to make more of those statues if people buy them. I, Ugh, like, I can the guarantee that's you. That's the one thing I don't want. <laughs> but I don't think tour not... is sold out. So, I mean, the collector's the collector edition, edition, I did not believe it's sold out. So, I mean, this is kind of hypothetical. Yeah, I can, yeah, like... So. I think if one is gonna sell out, it's gonna be that one with the with the uh, statue, just because it has like goods that need to be manufactured, that more so than like the disc and the box, which they're gonna make you know millions of. They but don't. That's know... what we're talking about: is the collector's edition with the nice yeah, yeah, yeah. statue. Well, but I'm saying that like if one of those versions is gonna sell out, it's gonna be the collector's edition. Right. Right. I know. That so I give it to my friend, but then I'd roll my eyes and tell them that story about how they're being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you should lose points. <laughs> well, I think that's we're probably going to have to go with light side <laughs> and give you a point for that also. And I, too, would probably do that. I, I... If, yeah, I, I have used eBay. For, no, I've never put stuff on, but... You know but I, what? I'm going to debate the uh, the neutral and the Sith option. I think you should those should be switched. Because, like, you just put on eBay, I know there's the $50 markup, but the, the fact that you, like, are tricking your friend and being, like, <laughs> kind of like an entrapment thing where you're, like, oh, I saw one on eBay, but it's, like, your copy that you put on there, it's, like, that's a little, that's a little seedy. It seems, seems a little, yeah, deceitful. Yeah. <laughs> but, <Manipulative>. oh, well. <laughs> Which are very sippy <laughs> traits but oh well <laughs> as i say it's yeah it's actually it's not easy to come up with these tests because it's hard to figure out which one what's neutral and what's evil and uh, <laughs> that kind of thing but anyway for today's uh purposes we will say that we are all going light side <laughs> and we will all be getting an extra point so the rest of you you can read all the past sith or jedi tests on our site at corellianrun.com keep score and see which way you lean Okay, that sound means it's time for our community buzz, where we take a look at the things the fans are talking about. And this week, it's microtransactions. Extra Credits did a wonderful episode on microtransactions. What did you think about that episode, Roxanne? Uh, it, it was really, well, I like them all, but <laughs> I thought it was, it was really good. It covered, like, a lot of different things, and there are just some really just uh good points that i'm gonna not be able to summarize very well but like one of my favorite things that they talked about was how it really if if you're gonna do the free to play thing and have like a free experience it's really in your best interest to make that experience like a, a full one like you, it doesn't want to be like cut off at the knees and like so like crippled that it doesn't stand up there's you know a distinct segregation between uh customers who pay and customers who don't and the story that james uh tells um he said that he talked to an ea person who was kind of like giving him attitude i guess and said well how much server space do you expect me to buy for customers who aren't paying me money and james said as much as you can because in multiplayer games players are content which i think is such like a fantastic soundbite because that's like the reason why 
you know, WoW is such like, um, is still around while other MMOs aren't. It's because, you know, you play another MMO for like a while, but where the player base is, that's where the better MMO is. So yeah, it's money is great and microtransactions get you money, but you, you can't, I think they're potentially polarizing and you don't want to have it be that there's content that you can only get through money. That was like one of the things that they really uh, stress. They said that there's no like fiscally bad reason to like have to have like your players be able to get all the goods that you can buy with real money, but just have them be like really like slow rolled. If that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Please just watch the episode. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we posted this is actually probably maybe three episodes ago that this came out. Or yeah. so. it's it's not the most recent one, but um but I think what he his basic premise was that, you know, microtransactions, if done correctly, can be good, you know, and and he one of the things he talked about is it's really great to be able to give your players a, a chance to try out the game and to set his own payment scale. Um, he even talked about how it, it kind of indirectly combats piracy without resorting to, you know, bad DRM practices. And I guess, I guess because if the price is reasonable, you know, consumers will pay, they'll pay if they feel that it's reasonable. Um, but if it's like really high, they'll be less, they'll be more risk, risk averse. So, um, and, and then he went on to say, but right now the trend for microtransactions is it seems like it's going more for I think the the, the phrase was a free for all gouge fest, mm -hmm. which is what you know the people who are against microtransactions you know this is what they're afraid of. Um, they don't they, you know they don't want to feel like the company is trying to nickel and dime them for every little thing or you know the, the kind of thing we have to worry about uh, stuff and uh, you know to to play more efficiently. Um, one of there were a bunch of rules that James Portnoy talked about in you know setting up a good system for for microtransactions being in a game and um and one of the things that he says is that you can you let your players earn every type of currency you can have in the game you know even the ones that you can pay for um and he and he also he says never sell power which you know we've always said like vanity pets and things like that are you know, good you know they're fine we we don't want people to be able to to buy gear um, that will make them better a better player uh, or a more powerful player. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting because and I pretty much agree with everything I, he he said um, in terms of what makes a good microtransaction and what makes a bad microtransaction. Um, but it's really interesting and you know and after i'd watched i watched this um this episode and thought this is this is this makes a lot of sense to me um i i was talking recently to my husband who is playing hellgate right now and uh he that that's right now is it in beta or is it some kind of testing it hasn't officially released you can play it for free but they've instituted microtransactions already um and 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 most of the microtransactions that are available in this game do follow these basic rules that James Portnoy has has set up. Um, he James Portnoy says, you know, selling convenience is okay. Like extra bank space is like one of those things. And he and and he even said that selling, you know, like something that will make you level faster is he's okay with that also. And like these are the kinds of things that are in Hellgate, but. My question is, you know, like how many 
how many microtransactions should be should be allowed i mean i don't mind if it's here and there but but i was talking to my husband and he was saying it's the kind of thing where it's like it seems like it's just constantly popping up whether you know do i want to spend 50 cents to get this device that will disassemble gear that I'm picking up and make it more efficient into my bag space? Do I want to buy this to make myself level 25% faster? Do I want, you know, my, my bag is about to expire because, <laughs> and I'll lose all these slots. So now I'm going to, do I want to buy for, for $5, you know, a bag that will last me a month and have many more slots and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just think that I, 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 I just think that it can be a little bit much if it's the kind of thing where you're constantly thinking about it well it was in hellgate you know i've played the game and mm -hmm. um i like the game i mean to me it's kind of a you know no-brainer type game you can go in there do quests by killing a bunch of stuff and going on to the next section but it does seem that microtransactions are very prevalent in the game you can choose not to use mm -hmm. them but you are buying something that someone else, I mean, if you go to the auction house, let's say for um, this nice, neat, neat little tool to disassemble stuff and break it down into components that you can use to enhance your gear or weapons or whatever. You can buy this one that has like a thousand charges or two thousand charges, whatever it is. Okay. You can mm -hmm. go to the auction house and buy it, but someone actually had to buy that with real dollars. With real money. Yeah. You know, to put it on the auction house to get in game money or whatever. So, you know, and that's like to, to, to go to a ne the next stage. I think it's like stage four or something. You actually have to buy a ticket to be yeah. eligible to go to that next stage. And the only way you can get that ticket is to go to the microtransaction store and get it or pay a lot of in-game money. To get it that because somebody else has put bought it for real dollars. Life dollars. I mean, it's like a vicious cycle, and every but, time you turn around, you're spending money. Right, and it's not a lot. Like I said, like it's some not. of them are seventy-five cents or a dollar, but but it's constant. It almost seems constant, which is really irritating. I I would think, um, and yeah, like and what they do is what they they kind of suck you in. Like he played. Like the first, I think, is it the first 20 or 30 levels that you can play before you have to buy that ticket? Right. <laughs> um, and, and at the, he, for the first month or however long, he had X number of, you know, a certain amount of bag space, like a pretty generous amount. But then there's like a timer on these bags. And after, you know, X number of weeks, or I don't know, I think it was actually like real time calendar days or weeks, it just disappeared. So it's like he either had to adjust to having a lot less bag space, like maybe a third less or even half, or he had to consider buying a new bag, which would not last forever. It's like the, the bags are not permanent. That's they awesome. all have, they all have like a month or two weeks. It depends isn't on how much how, you spend. Uh, isn't that <laughs> how selling crack works? <laughs> That's my understanding from films. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, Oh my gosh. Do you want plus, some crack? It's free. Yeah, yeah. Plus the way the way the payment scale works, it isn't like you 
you know, you plunk your credit down and credit card down and you say, okay, I want to buy this little device that will disassemble uh, my, my, my gear 500 times for $2 or 50, 75 cents. You have to buy it in, I think in $5 increments. So you can, so you, you can't just buy the little thing. You have to just kind of buy a chunk. And so now you have a little balance there. And so you're kind of like trying to go up to the amount and then you have to buy the next $5. So it's really, really, really gross, I think. <laughs> and, uh, and I think this is the kind of thing, aside from, you know, obviously never selling power, this is the kind of thing that, that people hate about the idea of microtransactions taking over um, uh, games like this, because yeah, I, 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 yeah, he probably shouldn't be doing it out of principle, so just so he doesn't encourage this kind of uh, kind of pay scale. But you know, he's he's actually put in quite a bit of time, and he's enjoyed it because there's nothing else he's really interested in playing. But uh, but but yes, he you know he 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 plunked down seventy five cents for a, this little device. It only lasted him two days. He needs another one, <laughs> you know. So here we go. That's you know. So it's the kind of thing that I like. Ugh. Man, I really don't want to have to think that way. I mean, I'm sure Tor is not going to be this way, but but uh, but yeah, the whole subject of microtransactions, I can see why people get a little crazy about it. Well, I think about that. Seventy five cents for and it lasted two days. Okay, right. It was it was over the weekend, so you know he's putting a lot more hours in <laughs> on those. But two add days. that up, but still, and that's yeah. just one item. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. so if he was needing, you know. Other things, you know, like extra bag space or, you know, something else, or like he had to have buy another ticket to get into yeah, another that's section. Like, that's something that I still haven't gotten used to, the idea of paying money for consumables. Right. Because, like, I most of the microtransactions that I think of that maybe, like, people don't even qualify as microtransactions are things like, you know, uh, in-game items or, like, DLC, stuff like that, like, where it's chapters, mm -hmm. where you're getting content, but you have it forever, or you're paying for, like, the next chapter of the story. It's not that, like, you know, in Mass It'll Effect, I paid for, the only way to get stim packs was that I had to buy them, and I use them, and now they're gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seems crazy. Like, why am I paying for that? I get why you pay for content. Because it costs developers and voice actors and artists like time to make those assets, and you're paying for the development of the product. But why am I? When you pay for consumable, it's like paying for a real good, like you know, apples <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> or like food that you eat as a person. But it's virtual. I mean, right. you don't. Why pay? Why pay for consumables? It seems like a crazy ass racket. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, it does. It does seem like a racket, doesn't it? I agree. <laughs> well, I sure hope that you know, Tor. I I am all for microtransactions for like a little vanity pet or a fun mount, um, and I hope that's where it stops because I, you know, and and uh, anything other than that, it does start to get a little well, which is kind of why I'm against the. Uh, this is only a relate semi-related, but like that collector's edition store. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, why don't I get access to that? Because I didn't want to pay for the stupid statue in the collector's edition. <laughs> oh, you know, why 
are they, why are they you know, trying to separate the haves from the have nots? And, uh, you know, and I know, and, you know, I've talked to the people, well, it's only, you know, it's nothing, it's just things for looks. And that's like, well, I don't really care. I think that's just kind of yucky that they're trying to figure out how to get more money out of their players. And this is the way they're going to do it. Even if it's not for something that's going to change the game, it's going to change you know, I don't know, it'll change your enjoyment or, you know, a person's enjoyment of the game, I guess. I don't know. I know that, you know, this is a, a society where you should be able to make money any way you want. <laughs> but, but I just feel like, oh, I really don't like this idea that we're encouraging people to just plunk down extra money just so they can be cooler than the next person. That's that's what I object to. And and if I was a parent and my kid was like, I want the collector's edition so I, you know, so it's going to cost $150 rather than 70 or or 60, I would just be like, forget that. That's like the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> but, oh well, fortunately, fortunately my children pay for their own uh, entertainment now, so I don't Yay, have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> So I, you guys, I haven't pre-ordered this game yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, Roxanne! <laughs> wow, good for you. Uh, Are you taking a philosophical stand? I, I, it's, I guess it might as well be at this point. But no, I just didn't do it because I, I pre-order um, basically all all releases that I get. Uh, I don't know why. I think I had like one experience in high school where they ran onto the game but um i'm just used usually i pre-order it like the day before just to reserve my copy uh there's no reason i i mean there's no release date i know that we're probably like a bunch of months out i just i know that there's time like <laughs> i love i love I that you yes <laughs> i love that you were not sucked into that whole frenzy over the the order that you pre-ordered it in and register is the order that you will yeah. get to play early access I i'm know. i'm really interested to as a science experiment to see how much of a difference there is between when i get in and when you get in are you going to pre-order it um i guess i will uh eventually i just i haven't done it yet but yeah so, I am shocked. I know. <laughs> Carla, I why, there's no reason. Why Why on earth would you pre-order a game this early out? The only, it, I guess it looks good for them. It like drives up their pre-order sales numbers and stuff, but there's no reason for, for me to do it. Like, I am shocked. Shocked, shocked, <laughs> okay, shocked. So I'm going to put money down. I would put money down that in the podcasting community out there, the hosts, Roxanne is probably the only one that has not pre-ordered it that was able to. <laughs> not including people who are in the wrong parts of the world or whatever. <laughs> I, 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 I think she people. is. I think she's like on this little <laughs> island all by herself. <laughs> yes, her little yeah. philosophical stand island. I am not well, going to. <laughs> island of reasonableness. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, I think that might be a wrap for us. Is there anything else that we no, need to talk that's about? It. All right. Well, then let's just throw out a couple of thanks. We had some people who left us positive reviews on iTunes. We want to thank them. Uh, uh, GS World, Prince Ali of I or IA or something like that. Mr. Zero, Amore Morte, Agent 1138, and Heftig. Uh, thank you very much for leaving us uh, nice little comments on the on the iTunes place uh that was very nice of you and you can contact us on our website at corellianrun.com we have a button there for twitter and facebook leave us a voicemail message at 
766-4511. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Zoom. That's a wrap for us here at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Carla. I'm Kathy. And I'm Roxanne. May the force be with you. And may you not be suffering from collector's edition regret, like I kind of am. (laughs) You have been listening to Corellian Run Radio, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast. Tune in next time to hear Roxanne say... Oh, am I saying something super clever? Yes, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The United States lost their AAA rating. (laughs) (laughs) We're still talking about Tor. (laughs) Yeah.